Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey, I'm Grant Lee Phillips, the host of Shortwave. Singer Amy Mann joins me on our very first episode. You can join us by subscribing to the iTunes feed at Earwolf.com or through iTunes. I'm singer-songwriter Grant Lee Phillips. Gather round as old and new friends drop by each week to play and chat about their music. Welcome to Shortwave. Singer-songwriter Amy Mann has been a highly regarded force in music for over three decades, beginning with the Till Tuesday album Voices Carry in 1985. The album and the song were hallmarks of the era, winning the MTV Video Music Award for Best New Artist of 85. After fronting the group Till Tuesday, she began a solo career in the mid-1990s. Such critically acclaimed albums as I'm With Stupid, Bachelor No. 2, Lost in Space, The Forgotten Arm, and Smilers have solidified her well-deserved respect as one of the most relevant and lasting artists around. In 99, director Paul Thomas Anderson would draw upon numerous Mann compositions in the creation of his groundbreaking film Magnolia, including Mann's Academy Award and Grammy-nominated song Save Me. She's been in the studio working on a brand new album, and we're excited to hear all about it. I sat down with Amy recently to talk about her new album, Charmer, What Inspires Her, and The Road Ahead. The new album is called Charmer, 11 of the most infectious, hook-laden, and lyrically biting songs yet. Melodic dramas and detailed characters whose lives and inner worlds are revealed and often sacrificed before our very ears. Welcome, Amy Mann. That's a fascinating, <laughs> fascinating introduction. Well, you deserve that. <laughs> Amy Mann, and she brought along Paul Bryan. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Grant, doing good. Good. So what inspired these songs, this new batch of songs, this new album, um, the title Charmer? Um, well, you know, I, I'm, as you probably do know, because we're actual friends, mm-hmm. um, I'm fascinated by, uh, by people who are, um, can I curse on this show? Oh, most definitely. Okay. Yeah, we prefer uh, that. People who are fucked up and mm. uh, broken and damaged. So, um, this particular one, I mean, not every song, it's not like a concept album, so not every song is the same kind of, uh, influence, but, but I, I have been recently very fascinated by the idea of people who are are charming and and that the point at which charm starts to become manipulation or like mm. a, you know like have like a little sort of darker tinge to it right so um 
you know, or the or when when charming people start to to morph into crazy people, like that's you <laughs> uh-huh. know, and I feel like the like the the sort of um, archetype of the crazy girl I feel like does that really well uh, because she's always sort of awesome and spontaneous and like wacky and fun until she's totally crazy and you know and jumping out of your car and moving traffic and throwing right. stuff at you and. And uh, yeah, so I, that's to me, it's real. That's very interesting. Sort of a, an NPD concept album. Is that what we're, <laughs> we're talking about? This is an election year. We live in a culture that's obsessed with celebrity. Is that the kind of charmer that we're, we're talking yeah, about as well? Yeah, a, a little bit. But little I mean, bit. I think you know, charm. It's just it's a there's a continuum, and and people who are charming are you know, I mean, I love charming people, and I, they make you feel special, and they're interested in you, and. But that's sort of, you know, that's kind of part of it. And, and you know, I mean, it's what, when when does it cross over from being, uh, you know, a good person who's interested in you and and asking you a lot of questions or whatever um, to somebody who's who's using you or who's, you know, has a uh, you know, then it then it's like, is it that sort of Dale Carnegie win friends and influencing people is it you know like is it the firm handshake that's because that's just a nice thing or is it a firm handshake because you're really trying to close the deal right now are these songs inspired by people that you know personally that you come into contact with that you view from afar um a lot of them uh, you know almost all my songs are inspired by somebody they usually start out with somebody i know and then uh, but then it morphs into a, a, d- a different kind of story right like the song charmer started out being being about um, a friend of mine who who you know is very sweet and very charming in a, in a nice way, but then I just I think I just think it's more interesting to, to start <laughs> to morph it into some you know a story that's that is is a little darker. Right, right. Now, Paul, you've worked with Amy for a long time. Do you ever? Yeah fear that one day she might write a song about you? Who knows? That, there, might, that, there might be one. I do <laughs> scan the lyrics when they come in. Paul's the producer of the of Charmer, by the way, so I just right. want to make that clear. producer, Paul Bryan. Yeah. So he yeah. gets intimately... Uh, I scan the lyric sheets uh, when they come in. Yeah. When they come in the inbox. I was going to say, like, you might not want to be in the liner notes if you, if you inspired one of these songs. I don't think I've written about you yet. I do look, I do look for people. Because yeah. we know so many yeah, people in right. common. I I'm really sure do. You know. I yeah. look for people, I go like, oh, I think I see someone. That's so-and-so. hilarious. Yeah. Your songs took center stage in the film Magnolia. Uh, that experience, fusing songs with picture, with story, did, did that all uh, influence you or inspire you in, in the works to come? It did, actually. It did more. I think I sort of started thinking about it more. Like, I, I wasn't really thinking about it then because the, that experience was more, you know, where I was. Um, very close friends with the director and we were kind of talking about the same and writing about the same stuff so it it wasn't so much looking at the movie and then being inspired or kind of writing to the movie as much so right. but then I started to think about that more and then being influenced by uh, you know by just the mood of, of you know certain pieces of film um, of course now would be a great time to have an example of that and I can't, pr- <laughs> well, I can't produce arm. one for instance, is, is yeah. a sort of narrative, right? Yeah, Forgotten Arm was is definitely more of a, a concept album with kind, you know, kind of a story, not like a, you know, not like a real, uh, you know, couple falls in love. Uh, they're both a big mess. He's a drug addict. They run away together. Relationship falls apart. You know, halfway wow. across the country. How many times Man. has that happened to us, Grant? <laughs> if I could only count. If I could only count. But I do know that um, I did start to think, like, in, 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 in terms of, of, uh, of story, you know, like, uh, 
a lot of the songs on Smilers I thought of like kind of short stories or, or almost music for to to films. Like I did start to 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 write in more in a way as if I was. Uh, scoring or you know or writing songs for an imaginary little imaginary movies so it's interesting how like that sort of that thinking started to infiltrate my uh, my songwriting process that's right I could see that we we both had songs on Arctic Tale oh that's right and that was one of those jumps where you had to kind of write a song that fit the film and told a story and yeah (laughs) and it's almost I mean it's difficult to do it for real because you know people I mean the you know the producers or wherever they always have like these ideas about about what where the song should go so you write a song that you think works and then they want to you know they're thinking about a different kind of thing so it so I, I did sort of you know get into this thing where I I I would just like write uh you know for my own little movie you know um uh, make make an, uh, my my own little story and and you know there was a song there was the song that I did do that for that movie but it just it took such a weird turn that I knew um, you know I I think it was like writing about uh, like a seal escaping from the polar bear right, you know something right. like that and um, and and in writing it you know I it was like uh, became a, became almost a story of of urging someone to to get out of town because because uh, their past was catching up for them up up to them and you know so that was it's interesting like how like one thing you just you know take it to to some totally different place and then it turns into something else. That's right. It doesn't take much. Just a little shove, right? Yeah, exactly. For that yeah. that light of inspiration, um, I've had the pleasure of being a guest on your Christmas pageant that. That has traveled about for uh, a few years now, and such a, such a good guest. Yeah, when, uh, you, you've you. come out in terrible wigs um, <laughs> and played uh, uh, Willie Nelson, which is a favorite. Right. And um, I've forced you into ridiculous costumes when you've done it. Uh, I think a snowman. A snowman. Yeah. I don't know if it was a full snowman outfit. <laughs> uh, times were lean. I think it was just a pair of Uggs and a Willie Nelson beard. <laughs> but <laughs> something something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we going to uh, look forward to more to more Christmas shows in the future? I'm not sure if we're doing it this year yet. Um, yeah. There's, you know, I, we're going to be on tour a lot, so we got to see how that's shaping up. But it's it's always super fun, and um, you know, we got to we got to figure out a little something for Willie to do this year if we do it. I recall we had so much fun on that first Christmas tour that we were talking about. How can we do this in July? How can yeah. we have a, a, a Fourth of July pageant? Yeah, every holiday we would go out. That was great. I mean, I haven't been doing the doing it as a tour um, in a, in a couple of years because it's so crazy. Like we had, I don't, you know, like what fourteen people on the bus. Oh and, yeah, and uh, one one of those people was Nellie Mackay, who's out of her mind in the, the best possible way. <laughs> That's the fourteen people you were talking about. <laughs> yes. Seven of the fourteen. Bless her. <laughs> it was really fun, but it was crazy. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, so we'll see what happens this year. Uh, so Charmer marks your eighth studio album. Did you realize I think that? So. Eight I studio albums. Only because somebody told me. Yeah. Solo, solo, solo albums, yeah. right? Yeah. Because there's more than that. Uh, since the release of whatever in '93, no slowing down. Uh, we're in an age where we tend to focus on the soundbite, the single track, the download. Yeah. And yet you keep making really strong albums. Well, um, I, you know, I just was brought up in that era of of the album. I'm, you know, although having said that, you know, when I really started to pay attention to music was probably the early 70s or, you know, like, you know, late 60s, early 70s. And, and uh, you know, I mean, you you know, I certainly heard, I mean, Top 40 Radio was, 
was the thing. And I, you know, certainly heard plenty of singles that were meant just to be singles. But I think I always like the experience of of connecting with an artist, uh, you know, in a more in a deeper way. Right. So, you know, I want to try to provide that. Right. The sound of the new album, Charmer, it's uh, it's quite lean, quite mean, quite sleek. Uh, lean, and mean, and marks, sleek. Uh, yeah. This marks a few albums that the two of you have uh, have created together. That's right. It's our third. The third, yeah. 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 We, we did the Christmas, the Christmas record. I'm glad you said it was lean and mean because I I don't think of it like that. But the, I'm glad that you found it to be that. I find it to be so. Uh, there's a great economy on it. You've got all of these great melodic lines. A lot of them played with synthesizer by Jamie Edwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Who's amazing? Yeah, he's like really. Really great at sound management and creation. Like he's, <laughs> it's like an IT job. He's a crazy. He's a crazy keyboard nerd. So like he spends he really a is. lot of time creating interesting sounds. He's really great to like hole up in, with in the studio because he doesn't have an, an ego in it. Like a lot of people are like, no, this is this was the thing that I've created. You can't mess. Like he'll just say like that. I don't like it. And he'll, he'll go okay. Let's right. try let's this. Do, let's do something else. And he'll, and, and other some things. people only have one other thing. He's got like. He'll sit there all day. Like you have to, ma- I have to make him stop. Yeah, yeah. We have to make him. Once it hits something we like, he does like, a classic thing. I love it, and then he'll go like, "Okay, I'll change it now." Yeah, like I, he'll try to change. He could try it different. Right. Yeah. He's great. There's yes. a great balance between this stellar production and yet you feel like it's very spontaneous. It's got to be first or second take. It's all it that is, kind yeah, of stuff. Most, mostly it is. I mean, there's a couple of songs that we sort of redid from drums up because they just weren't hitting the right tone like what our our objective for this record was it was very influenced by kind of uh pop music sort of pre-disco-y pop and and or like new wavy cars era post you know our post new wave pop so so there was you know there there definitely is like a um, you know, we listened to a lot of stuff like Split Ends and Blondie to kind of go wow. like, yeah, what were those guys doing back then? Right. And we realized like it's a real spare rock band, uh, you know, with <laughs> with some doofus playing wee 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 on top <laughs> usually. <laughs> so. <laughs> right now you're a Virginian, right? Yeah, yeah. Richmond. So yeah, so is Paul. So um, is Paul Bryan. Richmond, yeah. Virginia. Wow. Now, how does that inform your writing? Does that find its way into oh, your, your writing somehow? I don't know. Do they have synthesizers in, in Richmond? I don't believe I ever saw one. Well, you know, I I think it's a, you know, when you hear Tom Petty would be sort of like the real cutting edge kind of uh, stuff that, that I would come across in, in Richmond. That, you know, there was like a small, a very small, but brave new wave scene <laughs> when Richmond I was a, a kid. Good, Richmond had a good punk, punk rock scene. Yeah. I yeah. think I was too young to be a part of that. Yeah, because I moved to Boston when I was 18. So, you know, I didn't. I was like too young to go to clubs when when I was in Richmond. Right, and Boston is where the uh, the cars were from. That's right. Yeah. So I'm there intimately. Yeah. I mean, I I worked in a record store called Newberry Records, and Rick Ocasek would come in, and and uh, you know we would all be all a flutter that the that the big rock star would would come into the the store. Yeah. That's great. I got, a, I got his autograph once. Really? Yep. I'd like to see that. Love a Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Boston, Till Tuesday had the uh, the great big hit, Voices Carry, in 1985. Yeah. Uh, that must have been a strange time in your life. You were you were quite young when that blew up. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I look at, like, stars that are, you know, 23 and 22. I don't know how they do it. I think it's so – it's such a crazy world. And, uh, you know, our – 
I mean, we had a, we had a certain level of fame because MTV was kind of just becoming a big thing, and videos were were just becoming a big thing. So we had a, a hit video, and and we were pretty recognizable. And you know, that experience of like people following you home from the store was just, you know, to me was like kind of freaked me out. I have to say because it's right. sort of like just having a lot of stalkers. But um, I don't know how people deal with it. I honestly don't. It was it was kind of crazy. I bet stalkers, charmers. Yeah, stalkers and charmers. <laughs> Is there any to, difference? It comes full circle. <laughs> You've brought along your guitar. You've brought along bassist Paul Bryan. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Would you do us the favor of performing a track live in the uh, I would love shortwave to. studios? Yeah, I think we're going to play a song called Slip and Roll. This is, I was trying to, we talked earlier about maybe trying to get you to, to sing a solo, but, you know, I realize it's putting, <laughs> putting you on the spot, <laughs> doing you a, like a fake uh, trombone. So, you know, right. feel free, feel free. I'm going to lay out. That's yeah. the sign of a great musician, just knowing <laughs> when to lay out. Sometimes I'll lay out for a whole set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah true. for a whole show. <laughs> You went from moonlighting But you came out fighting I saw you under the light Throwing your knife Gone into deep hiding But you were so charming That it was disarming I wondered what was behind having to find an army that keeps arming a slip and roll honey stick the jab kid don't just treat punches like your father did cause bring me eyes full of my gods a slip and roll to your willingness to take the hit. So we just keep hoping. Although the deck's sloping, you think you throw me a bone or leave me alone to do what they call coping. Slip and roll, honey Stick the jab, kid Don't just treat punches Like your father did Just pay in the eyes Fooling the gods So slip and roll To you willing To take the hit You can take it, take it Take it, take it We've all seen that guy Take it on the chin Oh, take it, take it I know you can take it But when will you take something in? Jab, kid. 
Don't just treat punches like your father did. Cause when the eyes is flowing the gods, a sip and roll. So you're willing to take the Take something and when will you take something and we'll be right back with more from Amy Mann. I'm Grantley Phillips and this is Shortwave. Shortwave is a production of Earwolf.com, home to free comedy and music podcast. Check out the website and let us know what you think on our message boards. If you'd like to contact us, or if you're in a band or represent a musical artist that would like to appear on the show, send us an email at shortwave at earwolf.com. And now back to more Shortwave. We're back with Amy Mann. You were the first to strike out on your own, create your own label, and uh, in many ways you've come to define being an independent recording artist. Recently, a young NPR intern named Emily White confessed that she had some 11,000 songs in her iPod. Are you aware of this? Yeah, I I read that story, and Paul, you read it too, right? Uh, I read it. The David Lowry um, sort of rebuttal, I guess, to that that phenomenon. Um, 11,000 songs in her iPod, and she'd only purchased about 15 albums in her lifetime. Right. And, and to this, David Lowry of the band's Cracker and Camper Van Beethoven wrote what I think was an informed and passion kind of lettery. Uh, Agreed. Online rebuttal. Yeah. Uh, being an artist who is independent, have you found that that does indeed affect you and your, your industry? Well, I, I think it's, a, it's inevitable. I mean, you know, when everybody around you is doing a certain thing, it's very hard to feel that, that doing that thing is in any way a, a problem or, you know, a, some kind of a, a moral act. I mean, you know, it's hard to feel like you're stealing something when it's just when it's so widespread so i understand why people do it right but you know but i mean of course it's impacts and i mean paul knows this it's like it 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 impacts you know it, it i mean you know my sales have gone down and your sales i'm sure have gone like everybody everybody across the board sales of, of records have gone way down and um you know some of that is not just downloading it's kind of like oh i'll burn a cd for you i mean that's sort of you know like that's the standard way people approach music and sharing music. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, the consequences of which are, you know, studios go out of business and, you know, or bands can't afford to, to go into certain studios or pay engineers. And then you start to get, you know, records that are just made at home on a laptop and they all sound the, the alike in a certain way and sort of Pro Toolsy and drum machine or it's just like just an acoustic, me and my, you know, in my woodshed. And, uh, you know, and then it impacts the, the the live stuff because, you know, I mean, I think people have this idea that, well, you can just go, just go make your money on the road as if <laughs> <laughs> also, well, I mean, first of all, like I do kind of resent people suggesting that I that I do some other job because they don't feel like pay- paying for a record. <laughs> and you travel but, with Christmas trees. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's not easy. But, you know, I mean, I've never, if I take, if I go on a tour that with a full band and a drummer, I, you know, it's a break-even situation at best, sure. and it always has been, and the way I made 
money was was selling records. So, you know, then it becomes like we can't afford to hire the drummer. We can't afford to hire the crew guy. We can't afford to, you know, you mean you just can't afford. I mean, there's a lot of people who are out of work because, uh, you know, because of this this phenomenon. Sure. I mean, I haven't figured out how to how to uh, actually steal this music myself. Oh, I'm so way. I can't even imagine. Yeah, that I'm my way fans too dumb. How. Yeah. And they're they're all about letterpress and etchings. <laughs> and they're from another time. I know. We're lucky that our that our, that our <laughs> fans are are a little older and sort of you know dedicated to like books with actual paper pages. And, That's right. And uh, you know. Monocles and canes and cakes right. and, and uh, you know lanterns for carriages. Right, there's always a guy who looks like Mr. Peanut at my show. I don't know who, who that, that guy is. That's my husband. Ah, uh. <laughs> that is Michael Penn. <laughs> Being an independent sort of artist, it seems to me that every little victory is a significant one. Yeah. As opposed to those days when you might be told, "Well, you only so." Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I know. In the old days, if you well, I don't know. I mean, it's. You know, everything changes, and there, there's a certain aspect of, you know, my actual attitude has to be, look, hopefully something will come along. You know, I, right. I can't really think that that long and hard about, uh, you know, people are stealing my music, or, you know, like, honestly, like, our fans probably aren't really, you know, that dedicated to illegal downloads, but, you know, but it does impact it, and... Um, but you know, I mean, you can't think about that. You just have to think like, what can I do to continue to be creative and hopefully make a living? And, you know, and maybe I can't afford to make that many records, you know, like maybe I can't afford to make the same kind of records or, um, you know, you, I mean, I pay, I make a record, I pay for it. I want to pay my musicians, a, you know, some, something decent. I don't expect people to work for free. And, right. you know, I want to be able to, you know, to support that and, and, uh, you know, it's, it is, it's a little depressing, but I, I can't think, you know, I can't think I just got to do, you do what you're able to do and you can't really spend a lot of time on worrying about that, which you can't do. That's right. You have to soldier on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Can we hear another song live in the studio? Yeah, absolutely. This one is called Labrador. I mean, I know that Paul, like being a bass player, really, you know, he he's like, I love playing the acoustic shows, but, you know, like he really wants to play with a drummer every now and then. Yeah. You guys like to, I understand, how do you say it, lock in? We like to lock in. It's nice to look around and see people on stage. Yeah. That is nice, isn't it? It's nice to have that group experience where people just kind of get on the same you know, interesting musical vibe. And, well, we used and, to take it for granted. It yeah. was really like you just, oh, that's what's going to happen. Now yeah. it's it's almost rare. Yeah. You know, I mean, we did, you know, f- two or three years, we've been doing mostly acoustic, you know, like trio shows. Stripped down right. shows. Yeah. And it's super fun. And it's, you know, it's fun to figure out, like, how do you make that work? You know, do you have a little drum machine or maybe somebody plays percussion? I mean, there was a sh- tour where... I played like a hi hat with my foot, and you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's like kind of fun, but it, but it is nice to just have a, a real band with real players. So yeah, as yeah. a player, I think that's that's an exciting thing. Yeah. As a fan, I think it's it's a great treat to see someone like yourself, um, without much, you know, just, I like, just I like a few to, instruments. Yeah. That's a that's a nice thing. I it's like a rare to, treat. I mean, it's certainly fun for me, you know, to do the acoustic show, but you know, I miss that drummer. No drummer today. Nope. Still no, him. they're not allowed in the studio. Well, they <laughs> might be as we go on. Um, okay, what are we so going to hear? Labrador? Yeah, we're going to play uh, uh, Labrador. Two, three, four. Mm-hmm. 
You mentioned Magnolia earlier, but, uh, you know, your marriage to film and television, it extends beyond that. Uh, if folks remember, you did your own stunts in the film The Big Lebowski. <laughs> oh, my stunts. <laughs> where you lost your toe. In my uh, two seconds on screen. That's that must right. have been painful, right? <laughs> it was, oh, it was painful, all right. I, I have to imagine. Yeah. And most recently in the hit Portlandia. 
Portlandia is the greatest show. Isn't it? I love that show. That must be fun, right? It was really, really fun. Yeah, those guys are amazing. Um, They're kind of amazing together. It's sort of... uh, it's sort of inspiring, actually, to see somebody like Carrie, who is so great at one thing, be so great at a, yeah, another whole whole deal. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, it seems, I mean, she's a musician as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to me that there is a certain simpatico um, between comedians, certain comedians and certain musicians. Yeah, I think so, too. I know, And I know, you know, I mean, you're like me. We have both have a lot of comedian friends in common right i also consider you one of the funniest people i know oh well, yeah thank you're you. like, yeah you're, you're like the perfect uh, musician uh comic amalgam what is that what is that is it is it just a, a shared cynicism uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Very maybe that's fun, what that yeah. is yeah it's a, sh- a shared cynicism <laughs> the um, new album charmer comes out in september correct yeah september 8th oh no 18th that's my birthday is the 8th Con- um, well, congratulations yeah. and an early happy birthday <laughs> thank you or a late happy birthday yeah. depending on when this when this airs <laughs> <laughs> uh we'd love to hear a song off the album uh, oh. all of these songs are actually off the album but uh, and, uh we'd Please. love to hear a recorded track yes i would also special thanks to amy mann and paul bryan The new album is Charmer, and here's the title track.
You've been listening to Shortwave. I'm Grantley Phillips. Join us once again for more music and conversation with your favorite artist. And keep an ear out for my own new album, Walking in the Green Corn, available in stores and online this fall. Please check it out. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Ackerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Riza Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aquí Presents. We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf, bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que no está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aki Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Hold on, Spanish, Spanish Aki Presents. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.